0: Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Well, hey, good morning, church. And good morning to the sanctuary service. We're, uh, we're linked up. We're one. We're one church. We're all set to go all together and uh, so it's, that's a joy to be to do that this way here on Vision Weekend, Vision Sunday, uh, that we can be in one body worshiping at the same time. And I, I get to preach just twice, so it's like, hey, <laughs> it's like half vacation. Uh, but uh, we're going to look together at Matthew chapter 5, and I encourage you to, to open your Bibles to that, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 16. And as we open the words of Scripture together, let's open our hearts for, in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, as we open our Bibles and we, we look to your word, we look to your holy scriptures, we pray that we would, that we would hear your voice. We've come, Lord, each of us with needs, with hopes, with expectations. We've come, each of us, with hurts. We've come, each of us, longing to know that you are here and that you're speaking to us, Jesus, that you're real. And so have mercy on your children. Feed and nourish us. Look down on your children with love. And help us to hear your voice. And when we hear you, Jesus, help us to step forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5 at verse 3. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen? Well, today, as you picked up, is a very different Sunday. Uh, you're, you're some of the few, the proud, who get to worship at the same time that you usually do. But uh, in the sanctuary, I know a lot of you were here at 10. Thanks for sticking around for a second hour of church. And because uh, uh, we have started that service at 11, and it's Vision Weekend. And we do this, uh, we did this last year, and we're doing it again this year. It's a time to talk about our church, because a lot of times we're in a church, we're part of a church, but we don't talk about... Our church. And, and so we've had this uh, pattern of drawing people out at First Press for an co- annual congregational meeting. And last year we, just were, we had the conviction, let's, let's not do that. Let's have Vision uh, Sunday and, and talk about what we're doing as a church, what we're called to do and be as a church on Sunday morning. Let everyone be a part of it. And the response to that was so profound, so energizing, that we decided let's do it again this year. And as we were getting ready and planning, the Lord prompted us to take another step. I was actually sitting in, uh, in here in the worship center and I was uh, listening to Don Everts at our Christian Life Conference speak to about 200 of us about how to engage in, in, in spiritual conversations in a world that needs to have spiritual conversations. And as I was sitting there and thinking about our, our vision Sunday, uh, the Lord just put it on my heart, Tim, it's time for the whole church to get together like this not just a couple hundred people on a, on a Christian life conference, the whole church, to come together for an in-house retreat. And so we stepped forward and we did it. And, uh, and we called it Vision Weekend. And yesterday we gathered in the sanctuary and uh, about over 600 people gathered and 100 on live stream. I thought maybe 250, 300 would come, I'm telling you. And there we were, 600 and more strong, 100 more on Livestream, talking about what God is calling us to do and be as a church. And we're going to share a little bit of yesterday with you this morning. But friends, it was powerful. God is at work. The Lord is doing something here. And it isn't just, it isn't just that we're doing something, it's that God is doing something and I hope that you can feel it, because I th- I think it's not only that God is doing something, but God is preparing us to do something great right here in our church. So today's a different kind of a day. It's a vision Sunday. If you're here for the first time, this isn't how we always do things, but I'm going to talk about first pres more than I usually do. Now in Matthew five, at verse 14, it says Jesus says, You are the light of the world. Now, we would never say that about ourselves, right? Oh, I, I'm, I'm the light of the world. I mean, you know, you know. but here's, here's Jesus stepping forward and saying, look, I've put you somewhere for a reason, to reflect my light, to reflect my glory. Now, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, what's this weekend about? There is light that is about to shine. And there are deeds that are about to be done. And there is glory that is about to come down as we glorify God our Father in heaven. So, Vision Sunday last year, Vision Weekend this year. What's next? Who knows? Vision Week, right? The the, the whole church all together, one week in Maui? Yeah? You're in? We're looking for sponsors. Just talk to me right after. Talk to me right after. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But look now, if we were missionaries, if we were all missionaries, if, if God picked us all up, all 2,000 of us this morning, and, and set us down somewhere uh, in, in central China, outer Mongolia something, just plopped us down and said, okay, you're missionaries, what would you do? I mean, besides trying to get home as soon as he could. But let's say, you, let's say you accepted the mission, you know, okay, now I'm a missionary, okay, now I'm a, what would you do? What would you do? Well, you would assess the situation, right? Where am I? What is this place? Who are these people? And what kinds of things are they looking for? What kinds of things do they need? What kinds of questions do they need answered? Because if I'm a missionary here for Jesus, I want to know how can I reach them? How can I reach these people? They're looking for something. They're longing for something. How could I meet them in that longing and present Jesus as the answer, as the cure, as the solution, as the Savior? Well, Friends, that's exactly what, what this is about. We have been placed on mission. You have been placed here 2,000 strong on every Sunday morning. You have been put here by Jesus Christ on mission to reach this city for the glory of his name. Now, what are we going to do? You see, uh, our city, Colorado Springs, is, uh, is putting a party together. It's a party called the Sesquicentennials. anybody know what that means? 150, 150. So, so the city is already putting together a party to celebrate the 150th year of Colorado Springs. The mayor has like a special uh, costume. I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if I need to get a costume or not. Do I need to get a costume? Because, because the city, you think so? Yeah. Thanks very much. Because the city is, uh, is preparing 150th birthday. But you know who else is preparing 150th birthday? We are. Because from the very inception of this city, God has had first pres here, this church here, on mission for Christ to this city, for the city, in the city. And that mission isn't over. I have a feeling, friends, that God is going to do something really big, very soon. And I don't want to give the impression that I go off and speak to God like Moses face to face. But listen, I, I, I pray and I listen and I sense God's presence. Communication, And let me tell you, one thing that the Lord has never said to me about this church, one thing that I have never heard the Lord saying about this church is, Tim, it's time to go invest in mothballs. <laughs> you know? Because that first press thing, that was for yesterday. And that first press thing, we're finished with that. And that's going to be a monument, that's going to be a museum to a time that was. Friends, I've never heard that. Have you? No. Not once. Not once. Because I believe that God has got a greater mission for us in the next 150 years than he's had for us up until now. I believe we're going to rush into our 150th birthday and break through that, and we're going to see that God has prepared us to be even more, even, even grander, even more of an impact on the city than we ever were in years past. I believe the next chapter is the best chapter for this church. And friends, God is not done with first press. Amen. Amen? Amen. So what do you do? You assess the situation. Okay, well, let's look around. Here we gather every Sunday morning, 2,000 strong in the heart of, of one of our nation's fastest growing, rising, and clearly most beautiful cities that it's got, right? Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs is is is. Blossoming In 2018, of the fastest-growing areas in the nation for millennials, Colorado Springs ranked, anybody want to guess, first, first. fastest-growing city for millennials in 2018, outpassing San Antonio and Denver as the top three. And do you know where that generation wants to live? Right here, in the urban core, in a walkable lifestyle. Uh, This coming year, oh yeah, and I almost forgot to ask, do you think Jesus intends to reach any of them? Do you think they're going to need to come into a living relationship with the Lord? And do you think he could use a church like ours to do that? Colorado Springs is growing. The Summit House up on Pikes Peak is going to open soon, and uh, that brings three quarters of a million visitors to our city every year. And it's opening as Colorado's very first uh, living building project, meaning that's the lowest environmental impact building in the whole state of Colorado will be what's on the top of Pikes Peak. you think people are going to want to come and see that? The Olympic Museum is opening this year, and it is listed as one of the top ten most anticipated buildings worldwide in Architectural Digest magazine. Expect the entire southwest corner of our downtown core to change. Switchback Stadium. Anybody like soccer? Yeah. There you go. Right here. Yeah. Go for it. You better start liking it. Switchback Stadium. The CC Tigers Arena. UCCS Expansion. The U.S. Air Force Visitors Center. Complete with a, uh, in, uh, an inside uh, skydiving tube thing. Right? Have you ever done one of those? No. <laughs> You've done the real deal. But we're, yeah, I don't, we're going to all go do that together. Okay. So, but all this stuff, UCCS, Space Command, Space Command, and I hope you saw that, that there's a big change coming right across the street. There's a $100 million expansion and innovation happening to our YMCA complex, that entire block. There's going to be an apartment building there with affordable-rate housing. Do you think those people are going to need Jesus? And are we going to be ready to meet that need? Are we going to be ready to bring First Pres into Colorado Springs as it grows? Colorado Springs in 2030. Are we going to be there? Are we going to be ready? Assess the situation. Okay, assess the situation. People. There are people. Yep. Check. We got plenty of people, right? Now, assess the situation. Need for Jesus. Is there a need for Jesus out there? Check. There sure is. It's the same need for Jesus that every single person of every single generation and every single culture has experienced. There's a need for Jesus. Okay. Assess the situation. Our ability to bring Jesus to those people, our ability to be light and life reflecting the love of Jesus to them in our city. Do we've got that? Check. Friends, we can. We can do that if we want to. I mean we've got the opportunity here's the remarkable thing we've got the opportunity to be the very the very best at bringing the gospel into this into the city and into this next generation and you know what that's what we've always been about In 1870 there was a church planner named Sheldon Jackson who recruited a, a pastor named Henry Gage to pastor First Presbyterian Church of Colorado City And in 1871 Gage started coming down here to Colorado Springs twice a month to preach. Now, Colorado Springs filed its papers as a city in July of 1871. This church was already here. We were already meeting. In August of 1872, this church was formalized with a membership role, if anybody want to guess, eight. (laughs) Eight members and one bushy, mustached pastor. And they gathered up and they preached around the word of God and, and they knew they had a mission because the Colorado Territory, it wasn't even a state yet, The Colorado Territory was the wild frontier. And people were pouring out here looking for, they were looking for a new start. They were looking to escape the expectations of the people around them back where they came from. They were looking for kind of a new hope, something to hang their head. They were looking for quick riches and and looking for freedom and libertinism. and, And they were just looking to find happiness in this world. And Jesus Christ started a church right here to stand up and say, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're longing to find, whatever you're trying to escape from and run toward, let me offer you Jesus. Jesus is the answer. All of your longings come home to him. And you know what? We still make that offer, and Jesus is still the answer, and it's 2020. And God is looking for churches who are ready and willing to be part of his movement into the next chapter. And when someone enters a church, you know they need to know three things right away. They need to know, who are you, what are you doing, and how can I be a part of it? Well, who is First First Pres? Who is First First Pres? Not the history, not the legacy, not the building. Who is First Prez? First 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 Pres is us. It's a body of people committed to Jesus Christ. Faithful to him by his grace. We are sinners saved by grace. We are mothers and fathers and sisters and dads and kids who are trying to, to, to follow Jesus and to shine his light. Jesus steps forward and says, hey, you are a light. But we know that we are only a light because his light is shining through the cracks in our lives and reflecting off of us. Jesus says, hey, you are bringing life. And we know that we're only bringing life because His life is pouring into us and overflowing to others. Who are we? We're the church who by grace have been called out of darkness and into His his marvelous light. We've heard the gospel of salvation. We've put our faith in Jesus Christ. We've been sealed in the Holy Spirit and now we're a different people. That's the church. Church is that group of people about whom the Bible says that while we were still enemies of God when we deserved nothing, He sent His Son to die for us, to name us His friends. And because of that, we're those who have an eternal inheritance in heaven guarded by the hand of God. Nothing can destroy it. Nothing can take it away. We live in life now knowing that we have life eternal, knowing that everything that Jesus won in His victory, He hands to us as a gift. That's who we are. That's the church, the people of God. Who are we? What are we doing? Well, we just read from uh, the Jesus' Beatitudes, a Sermon on the Mount. Who, who are we? Well, we're a people that are embodying this kind of vision of life. Jesus stepped forward and said, Look, I come from a kingdom different from the kingdoms of this world. I come from a, a kingdom where things are, are different from how you experience life in the regular order. Where I come from, and in my kingdom, the poor inherit the kingdom. The meek gain authority on the earth. The hungry are filled. Then their the tear stained cheeks are strained with laughter. All the rules change in my kingdom. Who are we? What are we doing? We're the community that believes this. We're the community that enacts this. We're the community that lives toward this. We're the community that swears that we will wear those colors. And we will remember the kingdom. And we will remember the king. We will give our lives for it. Who are we? What are we doing? And how can I be a part of it? We'll look at verse 16. In the same way, Jesus said, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's read that together, church. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's a light that's going to shine, and there are deeds that are going to be done, and there's a glory that is going to come down. Glory to the name of Jesus his father in heaven. If we do that well, others are going to want to join in. Well, as a church, we've uh, we've worked to clearly answer these three core questions: who are you, what are you doing, and how can I be a part of it through a code of values that we gathered to share yesterday. I want to run through them with you today. It's seven values. The first presway seven values in our pursuit Of Jesus. And in fact, uh, here in the worship center, we've got them on these flags behind us. So each one of them has a video. We're going to run through them, seven of them. Value number one is this live for God. Worship trains our hearts to beat for God. My Sunday looks like worship. What I love about worship here at First Pres is that we have this great richness, this historic expression that is not only expressed in the sanctuary, but comes through in the worship center as well. I love the warmth of our worship. We're all there together just glorifying God and supporting each other for the week to come and just praising our Creator. see, worship isn't just something that we do one hour a week. Worship is something that sets our whole week up. It changes us. It it changes our priorities. It resets our hearts and it shapes us. It transforms us as we worship God each week. It trains our hearts to beat for God so that we can live for God every moment of our lives. That's value one. Value number two, hold fast, stay founded on Scripture and centered on Christ who holds you steady. I've been here approximately 13 years. For about 26 years. I came here in in 1963. 72 years ago. I grew up here my whole life. I grew up in this church. I think that it's a church that is theologically sound, um, based in scripture. The pastors and staff are very quick to bring us back to the gospel, back to our identity in Christ. Everything we do as a church is, is, is founded on Scripture and centered on Christ. And let me tell you, if you want to learn how to hold fast, if you want to learn how to stay strong in a culture that's always drifting and always blowing against Christian doctrine, Christian belief, you hang on to a few of these people who have been down the road ahead of you. And you hang on to, uh, we try to hang on as much as we can to our, our faithful posture. We're, ba- we're founded in Scripture, centered on Christ, and it's not easy. But, you know, when you're losing your grip, it's Jesus who holds us steady. By His grace. Value number three is this keep growing, learn to grow, and when your life changes, give God the credit. I have to grow in faith by practice. One thing that I learned about faith is that you always need to trust in God, no matter how hard it gets. I personally keep growing in my faith by uh, seeing the love of Christ uh, in those around me, um, in my family, um, at my kids' school. Develop a personal relationship with the Lord. Learn to spend time first thing in the morning before you go to work, sharing your day, sharing the challenges you expect. Say this ministry is a ministry of transformation. If you're the same person that you were a year ago, and you haven't grown, you haven't moved, something's wrong. Because you know what? None of us has all the answers. None of us is done growing. If you're still breathing, you're still growing. You're still learning. And we need to learn together, be in life groups, grow in discipleship, grow in our devotion to Jesus. Value number four is love like Jesus. Live for others even when it takes sacrifice. Well I experience the love every time I come to church, the sense of community and how this place, everyone just feels like family. To build a loving community of faith, I think requires that you have love in your heart. And I think the only way you're going to get love in both those places, is not through the world, but through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus calls the community of the church together as a community defined by love, known by love, love for one another, and selfless love for those around us in the world. You know, when Christians get a a reputation of being unloving, it just breaks my heart. We are the community defined by love. We've been loved beyond reason, and we love love one another selflessly like Jesus. Value number six, uh, value number five is share good news. Do all it takes to reach those who do not know Christ. I talk to my friends about Jesus because I like to share his name and I like to share what how good he is. I think one way I try to do that is to just live a life that is exemplifying the qualities and characteristics of Christ. I started when I was a high school basketball coach, finally got enough courage to uh, share a prayer with my, with my players. I don't uh, uh, just come right out and say, do you believe? I just try to, in my actions, in my love of all people. people with a good news message of a Christ who has come to be our Savior and Lord. And he said, you go out and you make disciples of all people. You tell everybody that you know. So where is that opportunity to share good news? We want to do all it takes to share good news with those who do not know Christ. Value number six. Value number six is deploy generosity. Invest who you are and what you have in what God wants to do. I give because I have been given so much. It's one of the things that that we do in response to who God is and the ways that he has uniquely gifted us. I serve by just helping others any way I can and trying to be kind. a generous body and we don't just we're not just tipping jesus we're investing seriously in the kingdom of god seriously and regularly investing in what god wants us to do uh, last year 2019 we set goals of giving as a church and if you don't know this i want you to know we not only met those goals we exceeded those goals and we're able to look back and say that we we were able to give 17 percent of the total funds that flowed to this church into mission engagement out into being beyond our walls into all kinds of needs all around the world it's a huge celebration to be in a posture of generosity before a generous God who never stops pouring blessings into our lives. Our seventh value. Our seventh value. You hanging in there? Yeah. Thank you. No. Seventh value. Make beauty. Creativity reflects the goodness of God, our Maker. <laughs> I think God, because we're created in His image, we have this drive to create, He gave us that. I think that God gives us the creativity to make things beautiful if we surrender to Him and we don't make it about ourselves. I like to dance because I get to glorify Jesus in a different way than a lot of people do, and I feel really free when I'm dancing. See, we all recognize as Christians that our culture is running away from us and and we're going in different directions, different tracks. If you want to change your culture, what we want to say is the way to change culture is to make something beautiful. Don't just criticize. Don't just hate what's bad. Make something good. Make something beautiful. Whatever gifts that God has given you to create, you might not be an artist or in the fine arts or anything like that, but it may just be that you make waffles every Saturday morning with your family. It may just be that you've got a habit of of walking the dog around a certain trail and just enjoying creation with a friend. You may may tell stories with your grandkids over the, the campfire. There are ways that you are using your gifts to make beautiful things and we want to say that's culture making and that's the posture that we want to be in as a church to make the world a better place friends that's our seven values of first Pres way and why are they so short and simple and well it's because we need to remember these values we need to walk along with these values it's like a medieval knight who's out on a, on a great mission and remembers the colors of the kingdom and the colors of the king. So that as he's racing along on his horse, you know, he remembers where he came from and who he belongs to. And these values are going to keep us on track. I remember as a young believer being told that, um, that Jesus can draw a straight line with a crooked rod, you know. And that was an encouragement because what it meant was that even though I'm a sinner and I mess up all the time, Jesus can use me to do things that are beautiful and profound and eternal. But even as I was told that, I wanted immediately to be as straight and effective an instrument in God's hand that I could possibly be. It's the same thing with our church. We want to be the greatest instrument that we can be. We want to be the most effective instrument that we can We want to put every tool that we possibly can into the hands of our Lord because, friends, we've got a unique opportunity here. We could be the most effective church at reaching millennials and the next generation in the entire United States. We could do that because of where we are, what God has given us. We could be that church. We we would have to want that. We would have to pray for that. We would have to long for that. We would have to accept a little bit of a change here and there, but we could. We could. Somewhere in this city is a 12-year-old who's grown up with no knowledge of God, no awareness of his grace and love, no awareness of what Jesus has done on the cross. Ten years from now, that young man's going to be 22, living in our city, trying to make something of his life. Are we going to be the church that is ready to intersect with him and bring him Jesus in the year 2030. I pray that we do that. I pray that we do. We could be the church five generations strong, producing the most mature Christian disciples Colorado has ever seen, but we have to be dedicated to it. We have to be willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. I hope you see some of it. Who would have guessed 150 years ago who would have guessed if you would have gathered with those eight people gathering in worship, who would have imagined that we would be a church today able to offer everything, all the opportunities, all the potential, all the programs, all the support systems, everything that you could find in the mega churches of the United States, only offer it in the heart of one of America's um, fastest-growing, most, most young-generation-friendly mid-sized cities. That's what we offer. We offer worship as passionate and relevant and profound as any that you would find in churches out along, along the suburbs. And we offer worship as serene and reverent and patterned and soul-forming as our sanctuary liturgical services have to offer. And we could be a defining model of worship in two modes. You see, we gather, we gather every Sunday at 2,000, but I believe that God is calling us to gather in greater strength. I believe I see a church gathering 3,000 strong every week, 1,500 on this end, 1,500 on that end, like barbells, strength in tandem. Walking together in one accord, one purpose, in two modes of worship. Friends, I've got to say this again and again and again. The sanctuary does not have an expiration date, and this worship center is not an experiment. We are moving ahead in excellence with two modes. And, and God intends to use this model to reach our city for Christ straight through our 150th year and straight into the 160th and 70th and 80th. Friends, I believe that's what Jesus had in mind all along. I believe that if we could gather with those eight worshipers, that you would hear the Spirit of God moving among them, whispering in their ears, oh, I know this looks small. Oh, I know this this looks humble. But you just wait. And you just wait. And see this church that you're planting here. When it is the year 2020 and it is able to reach thousands. And when it is the year 2030 and it is growing in strength and defining the heart of this city. You just wait. So your staff, your elders, we're beginning conversations. We're allowing questions. We're having conversations that are not meant to solve problems for for this year, but meant to set us up for 2025, 2035, 2045. You see, we believe that we're in contact with with something, with a dream. And that dream is becoming a vision. And with God's help, as we lean in, in together, as we are the church following Jesus Christ together, that vision is going to become a reality here at First Pres, And the next chapter of this church is going to be greater than the last chapter. And all I'm asking is that, and this vision weekend, this vision Sunday, is that you lean in and pray, that you keep your hearts open, your minds open. This church... This church, when it is in Christ's hands and he is able to use it with absolute freedom. With, uh, my, my prayer is that we would all be leaning forward and saying, Jesus, you use my church first pres however you want. I want you to use it, Lord, with absolute freedom to do exactly what you want to reach this city and the next generation and the next generation for Christ. And when we do that, friends, we could be the absolute best church at reaching the city for Christ, at reaching the next generation we could be the absolute best at coming along with someone who is who is who is spiritually darkened, who does not know the Lord, has has no idea of the love that God has for them, and walking with them through that very moment where they meet Christ for the first time and where they open their Bibles for the very first time and they hear the voice of God and they learn the basics of Christian doctrine, and they come to learn that they've been not only freed from their sin, forgiven of their sin, but they've been given gifts and meaning and purpose, and they are meant to do good in this world. And we could walk right along with them all the way into the service of the Lord and eternal life. Why? Because we've got the raw materials. We're able to worship We're able to gather in strength in the heart of downtown. We've got mature Christian disciples that are able to teach and and able to to lead and guide and, and encourage. We've got the raw materials. There's a dream emerging, and it's becoming a vision, and that vision will soon be a reality because there is light that is going to shine, and there are deeds that are going to be done, and there is glory that is coming down. In the name of Jesus Christ. And each of us will be asked. If you're in on this mission. Each of us is going to be asked in due time. Will you play your part? A friend in this church. Named Chris Combs. Staff member. Painted something for us. And on the way out. I want you to grab one of these as a gift. Um, uh, he painted this. And he gave it to me as a, as a gift in my office last month, and he said to me, Tim, I want you to know two things about this. He said, I want, I want you to know two things. One is, uh, this is a view that not a lot of people get to see. We can keep it up if we can. This is the view of uh, from the dumpster. Chris's job uh, gets him out to that part of our church from time to time. <laughs> and He said, this is the view of the church from the dumpster. I wish all of us could walk out and, and see it but he said you know what else this is a, a moment when I was out there and I was looking at the church and, and, and the sky was all painted red in the evening and, and I looked over and I saw that that same color red was being reflected off the marble that holds up our cross a testament to the love and grace of Jesus Christ and he turned to me and he said Pastor Tim that's, that's us that's our church If we're ready if we're willing then when the Lord shines his light from heaven when the colors of the kingdom shine on us we will reflect the light and the life of Jesus Christ for our city friends there's light that's going to shine there are deeds that are going to be done there is glory that is going to come as we lean in together and we say, Lord, take this church and use this church for your glory. Whatever you want to do, we're yours. Let's pray together. Lord, it is so, uh, so humbling and such a gift, and such a privilege to be a part of your church, to be a part of your ministry. Lord, we know you've got big plans, more things that you can imagine than we could ever see. We know, Lord, that you have You have hearts that you're going to reach. You have people that you're going to restore. You have wounds that you're going to heal as your kingdom breaks out. And we believe in it, Jesus. We trust you. We give ourselves fully to it. What a privilege, Lord, to be in your hands. So, Lord, our God, glorify yourself in each of us, glorify your name in this your church, and glorify your name in all the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.